Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast, a podcast where I go through each Final Fantasy game, section by section, chapter by chapter. We're on Final Fantasy VI, Season 6, Episode 8, Terra's Scenario. So in the last episode, we finished Sabin's Scenario, which ended up being a two-parter. This is definitely a one-parter, and I almost wanted to make it a half-parter if the next scenario wasn't a little bit too long um, to, to... smashed together with this one. Terra scenario is definitely like a very short little chapter where nothing much really happens. Here are a few interesting things that I guess I wanted to talk about. One of them is that you share items between scenarios. So if you stock up in Sabin scenario, those items will then be available in Terra scenario. They didn't like, you know, uh, section off the, the bag or anything like that. Each party has access to the same exact items, including weapons and stuff like that. So in Saban Scenario, when I loaded up on weapons, some of them were available to Terra Scenario, which is uh, Bannon, Edgar, and Terra going toward Narsh. I wanted to quickly make some predictions before I start this episode. Uh, (laughs) And and kind of talk about it. So like in in, um, last episode, I made the prediction the Shadow will come back another time when the party is split up, and I wanted to kind of talk about, I guess, where we're at in the story so far. Uh, we are, we went back to the Returners hideout, Terra joined the Returners, right, at least to some extent, right, she, she joined them, um, and we have Sabin, who is, I believe, Sabin was Edgar's brother, so we reunited with Edgar's brother. We have Edgar, we have Bannon, who's the leader of the Returners. Now, Bannon is a part of the party, but he doesn't really feel like it. I don't know if you can actually change Bannon's um, equipment loadout or do any of these things. Uh, I don't remember that I was able to. So it was kind of like an interesting like an NPC joining you on this journey. And again, like this game has so much more variation in parties and in how the parties are structured and the relationships between characters than any of the previous games. In Final Fantasy V, I mean, you had four characters, or I guess like five different characters, so to speak, rotating, well, not rotating. How would I put this? You had four characters the entire time, and then one of the characters got replaced um, like two thirds way through the game. So like you had essentially the same party. In Final Fantasy IV, you had a different party every five minutes. I mean, you were basically didn't stick with a single party for very long in any, for, for you know, much of any of the situation. You always had people rotating in and out for whatever reason, right? Like there was always a story reason for it. Um, in Final Fantasy III, you again had a four-person party that never changed. That makes sense for three and five because you had the job system. In two, you had a three-person party and a fourth-person rotating. And I feel like I'm so fixated on this, but I guess I find it so fascinating how we've been able to kind of create these different ways of characters working together. I guess I don't have any <laughs> predictions. There's not really... I know, I can't imagine anything to predict actually at this point. Um, so let's, let's I guess, walk through the scenario and what happens with Terra. It's actually kind of a really simple setup. We float on a raft until we arrive at Narsh. Yeah, that's kind of like what happens here. Uh, 
So we get there, we run into guards, and they tell us that they to get out because they recognize Terra from before, from episode one. They hit Bannon, and they don't believe Edgar is the king of Figaro. So we're kind of like out of luck here. I tried to get in a few more times into the city. Basically, like you can walk in just far enough to a bridge or whatever, and a bunch of bunch of the guards come out. Um, I decided to explore the the overworld quite a bit. Um, there is quite a few places to go in the overworld. You can go across the desert again. I tried to go to the uh, cave passage to South Figaro, and it was blocked off. Um, then I went back to Narsh and I remembered, hey, there's a secret passage. So I went up to it and I, I ended up having to look this up on the, in the guide. But I remember going up to it and being like, oh, this is not working. I forgot to press A on it. <laughs> I went up to the secret passage, didn't press anything. I'm like, oh, I guess I can't walk through it. Went back out. And then I had to look this up on the guide. I ended up going through the overworld quite a bit and like grinding and whatever. And I had to look it up and I pressed A. That's that's great. Um, and so, yeah, that's how we get in through the old secret passage that allowed us to get out in episode one. And I was, I wrote down that I wonder if we'll get disguises. So when we, when this opens up, we, op it opens us up to all kinds of different caves and bridges and stuff. So we're kind of like out of sight and being able to move around. It felt like the cave system was much larger than in episode one, but maybe I, I just imagined it. And one thing that kind of like came to mind at this point was this concept of returning to earlier areas from the game. It is something I'm a fan of, is having these callbacks. Not like in Final Fantasy 2, where you had like kind of, kind of like a base of operations, which was, uh, was it Altair? I think that's the name of the town. And you would go back to Altair, nothing really changed, but you had the people that would give you the quests, quote-unquote quest, uh, in that area. Not so here, but I do like the, the, the idea of coming back. Um, and I want to kind of like talk about some of these examples of like other games that I've played that have done this. Um, one of the main ones is was Oakvale in Fable 1. And I, you start the game in Oakvale in Fable 1, and then it takes you quite a while to come back to the to come back to that town. The first time you're there, you're as a kid, and then like later on in the game you come there as an adult. And it's kind of like this emotional moment of like this is how the town changed in the past 10 to 15 years. And I really like the feeling of like, oh yeah, here are the places that I remember, but things are different. Because I think, I mean, as, as weird as it sounds, that happens in real life, right? Like you, I haven't been to my hometown in 14 years or so. And the last time I was there, it was after like four or five years of not being there. And after five years, you already start to see the changes. Like things look familiar, but all of a sudden the red bridge is green. You know, um, all of a sudden, a park that was kind of empty and dirty has like a gazebo and like a really nice, you know, sidewalks or whatever. And it's there's this like specific like feeling of nostalgia and, you know, feeling connected to that place, but also feeling like it's a foreign place because it does no longer looks the way it used to. Another example of that is Palatown. Uh, at the end of the journey of Pokemon, right? Like, at the end of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, you end up in Palantown again. The town is not really that different, but it's like, oh my god, this is where I started. I went so far. I spent so much time going through the journey and coming to come back and see how different it is. Uh, you know, and you kind of remember how difficult it was, like, grinding or, or, or beating some of the Pokemon and whatever. And now you're there as, like, a skilled trainer. 
Um, and I, I actually like this trope, and I loved, I'd love to see this trope explored more thoroughly, and I wonder if it is explored more thoroughly in any of the Final Fantasy games, because I love evolving places. Like, Fable 2 and 3 revisited Oakvale, I, again, I don't know if 3 actually, but I know that 2 revisited Oakvale um, and some previous location, but, you know, it's that's in different games. Pokemon did the same with Gold and Silver, and that was, like, one of my favorite moments in the Pokemon series is coming back to Kanto region, you know? Um, and it'd be cool if, like, world actions had an immediate effect on other locations in the game. For example, like, if defeating some part, major part of the Empire here resulted in new shops opening up in various towns with new stuff. Maybe some bans on whatever were lifted. Maybe they weren't allowed to sell Mithril because it was used for the war effort or something. Like, whatever it is, having that. Or for an airship transport to resume between towns. You know, stuff like that. And I, I think that even, like, the best of games today don't really do that. They don't have this dynamic, evolving world that gets affected by what you do. And if they do, it's, like, very small. Like, uh, in Mass Effect, where, um, you know, if you're out in the... What do you call it? <laughs> that main space station that everybody goes to. I don't I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but I think, like, you can overhear the news talking about some of the things that you did or ch the changes that have happened as a result of some of the missions you've taken. But nothing else really changes. So that's kind of like a, a, a downer. The most we can really expect is, like, changing in the dialogue. So the so next thing that happens as we're walking through the cave is this light game. You walk into the cave and there's a light that moves around the cave in a very specific pattern between rocks and you're supposed to follow it. And if you don't, I believe you get into a fight and you find yourself at the beginning of that light game. And anytime you exit and re-enter, you see the light moving around again. So it took me like two, three tries because I kept like forgetting parts of it. Um, and then we found ourselves in a uh, in the caves under the city, the ones with Moogles. It leads back to Arvis's house. So Arvis is like the, the original person that saved us and then um, saved Terra and uh, put us on a path to go with uh, Locke somewhere else. And, you know, everything is kind of the same as always in, in Narsh. And we find out from Arvis that they don't want to join the Returners. He's already tried, like, this effort of trying to get them to work with the Returners, but they don't. What we do kind of talk about and kind of find out is that they want, the, the Returners want Terra to meet the Esper, and they think that the townspeople will actually agree on this meeting. You know, seeing that Terra has, like, innate magic, the question is, you know, how will this affect the Esper, and will they talk, will the Esper talk to Terra? And unfortunately, that's kind of it for the scenario. This is like the, sh the shortest scenario ever. And I don't really understand why Sabin's scenario was basically like two episodes worth of cramped content. And Terra's scenario was go into a city, do a light game, and you're done. Uh, it's a... Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. I also didn't expect the scenarios to be like this. I think at the beginning, all the way maybe in the intro episode, I mentioned that, oh, there are scenarios. So I guess we're exploring different characters' pasts and, like, backstories. Not not so. Like, that is not really the case here. We're literally just taking different scenarios as being, like, different parties that have to go through part of the quest by themselves. Not necessarily to dig into their past or do anything that's very specifically geared toward them, to, toward that character. This is just kind of like, it is what it is. I guess I think that's it for this episode. I don't really have anything else. Um, I wish I had some updates to, to share. Last episode, I tried to record a video um, of, of me recording the podcast so I could put it up on YouTube. 
Um, that didn't entirely work out, and it, I mean, it kind of did, but it's not working out today. I just took a shower, I'm in my bathrobe, I don't want to, like, mess around with being on video and looking all, looking all nice. My office is a mess, I mean, you know, a little bit of, like, personal, you know, let me share some personal stuff with you. I'm a fairly, I want to say messy person, I have a constant level of mess, um, everywhere I'm at, and it doesn't, like, it doesn't, kind of bothers me sometimes, but it doesn't really, I mean, it's, you know, it kind of is what it is, I, but it also means that I don't typically make videos, it also typically means I don't do, like, vlogging and stuff, that would basically be me showing off all of the mess in my apartment, and I'm not down with that, really, and, uh, I'm kind of a, you know, I, I, I like the fact that I just went to take a shower in the morning at 7, 13 a.m., I start work in about 20 minutes, uh, and I, I like the fact that I get to sit down and do my podcast in the morning before I even eat breakfast and, and, and just kind of enjoy my time with that. This game is not hard to play. I do want to say that, like, I've said it before that notes take a lot of time, but especially in this game, um, maybe I say that every game, but it does feel like I have to capture a lot of story in this game and there's a lot less gameplay. I don't really have these situations yet where I'll be just like hanging out and having to grind. Um, it might be that I'm close to the beginning of the game, but now I'm thinking about Final Fantasy V, where at this point, we'd be we'd be entering the second world in Final Fantasy V. Um, like, no spoilers, right? Like, not, not really any spoilers, but we'd be in the second section of the game at this point, which means that, like, we're pretty far along in the story, and so on and so forth. And the episode numbers actually work out for this. So there were about 30 episodes in Final Fantasy V, um, 10, 10 or so in each world, and in Final Fantasy VI, in this game, we are on episode 8. I've played all the way through episode 10. There are f 40 or so episodes in this game. Final Fantasy V takes about 30 games to finish. This game takes about 40 games... 40... 30... Final Fantasy V takes about 30 hours to finish. Final Fantasy VI takes about 40 hours to finish. So it, it all kind of lines up. And so since it does line up with our with with you know the hours and everything, it is kind of bizarre that it feels like I'm not getting to play like a regular Final Fantasy situation, walking around the world with a full party, uh, leveling up, grinding, trying to get the best of the world. So far, I got to do all kinds of scenarios. I got to explore a lot of the backstory. It just makes me wonder when... It almost feels like this is still an intro to the game, or maybe my expectations are wrong because the game is very different than the first five games, in my opinion. Maybe Final Fantasy IV is the closest to Final Fantasy VI in terms of like how the game feels so far. But, you know, 5, 3, 2, and 1... You had a level of exploration at this point in the game that allowed you to beef up your party and experiment and try something new and, and you know, walk around and explore. So far, it's very linear. It's not as exploratory, you know, like you have some strong guardrails, like, for example, not being able to go to the South Figaro cave. And it doesn't like start a fight or anything like that. I mean, there's like a soldier that we could defeat that's guarding the South Figaro cave. But no, it's just like, no, you can't go through here. And there's nothing to explore. That, which is a little bit disappointing, but again, it this is a little bit more of a linear game in terms of like, hey, you gotta stick with the story. I remember in Final Fantasy VII, you know, you get through the the first major city and then you get a little bit more of an open world aspect. So I wonder when this is gonna happen, when, I mean, I guess maybe after all the scenarios happen, we'll finally get a chance to walk around. 
and see what's out there and and learn a little bit about, more about this world. But yeah, so far it feels very sandboxed. It feels like, you know, we're already coming back to old areas. And I do like that, like I said, but we're on episode eight and we're coming back to episode one areas. We've also been to... No, no, I'll take that back. Yeah, but it's just... This is kind of what it is. We've also visited the location where South Figaro Castle was, or Figaro Castle was, and it's not there. So, like, we're revisiting, you know, the first two episodes, so to speak. And we've already visited, uh, revisited the South Figaro Cave at some point in the past. I don't even remember when, but there was a situation where we did that. It's just, yeah, like, when do we get to... I hate to say like, when do we get to play the game? You know, like, I, that's how, it sounds so silly, but I really enjoy the grinding aspect of the of these games. I enjoy exploring dungeon dungeon crawling dungeon dungeon crawling who who would have predicted this this i hated dungeon crawling dungeons were like the part of the game in rpgs where i was like oh i have to do this i want to skip this and suddenly in this game i'm like yeah i want to do some dungeon crawling how come i don't get to like explore a deep dungeon <laughs> yeah what am i complaining about it's kind of funny i i have been kept captured by the essence of Final Fantasy, the the Pixel Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, the Pixel Remaster is out as well. It looks good, I guess. It looks okay. I, I am not going to restart the game to play it. I still think that this GBA version looks fantastic enough that I don't want to play the re Pixel Remaster. And when I say fantastic enough, I, I do wonder if it is still better than the Pixel Remaster. Can't say that I am... I know there were some issues with fonts and things like that. I'm guessing that's going to take a little while to, you know, stabilize and, and get working correctly. I remember with Final Fantasy 3, the 3D version, there were a lot of UI issues and all the fixes for the UI issues for that 3D game came out last year. So that's after years and years of being out on PC um, and all the UI fixes were available as a mod, and then they came out literally a few months before I started playing the game for this podcast, which was really lucky. Uh, <laughs> just didn't really like make the timing with this game. Um, and it, it does make me wonder if there'll be like renewed interest in Final Fantasy games, and thus maybe this podcast even. Who knows? All right, I'm done rambling. I guess I was just trying to find things to talk about. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have a topic to talk about if the episodes are short and see where I get to. But that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Leave a rating and a review. That really does a lot. And I think I still have only one rating and review. Uh, it would be cool if you all left more. See you next week.